Have you ever wondered why we are here? Why did God create us? Well, some might say it's so that man could enjoy life. Was it so that men could try to be reconciled to God? Well, the Lord himself says that his purpose for creating man is to honor, serve, obey, and fellowship with him. It's for his glory that he created us, and it's not for our glory. Isaiah 43, 7 says that God tells us why he created us. I have created him, meaning man, for my glory. But that presents a problem because you and I, we can't bring glory to God if we aren't in a right relationship with him, meaning saved by his blood and forgiven on our way to heaven. Another verse in Isaiah 59 verse 2 says, But our iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. I'm holding in my hand a gospel tract that I've been giving just right now a few notes from, reading a few lines from, and the follow-up question to that becomes this, do you know for sure? Do you know for sure that you have eternal life? And you are saved entirely and will spend eternity with the Father in heaven. That right now, that all of your sins are forgiven. Not part of them, but all of them. If you were to die today and God were to ask you, why should I let you into my heaven? What would you say? This gospel track that I have in my hand right now called, Do You Know For Sure?, is one of the absolute best gospel tracts for someone that is struggling with religion. There are so many so-called cults and religious avenues that people can travel down even for years. But the problem at the root of so many of these quote-unquote religions is that they are anti-biblical. They teach precepts and concepts and lessons that are the antithesis of what God in his word tells us. Do you know for sure? And if so, why do you know that? What leads you to believe that you are on your way to heaven? If you have a friend from maybe a different religion that you would like to explain the biblical path to salvation to, but you're not exactly sure how, this gospel tract might be a great starting point. You can go to BibleTracksInc.org, BibleTracksInc.org, and get this gospel tract for yourself. You can actually, under the content tab on the website under each tract, you can actually read the full content of each gospel tract and decide if this might be the gospel tract for you. Do You Know For Sure is the title. You can find it at BibleTracksInc.org. If you have more questions about anything we talk about on this broadcast, or maybe you'd like a direct link, maybe you're having trouble finding something, you can actually text me directly. I love to connect with our listeners. You can text me at this phone number. It's 309-316-7240. I'll give you that number one more time in just a moment. But if you have any questions, I'll be honest with you, if you even disagree with something that I say on this broadcast, 
I'd love to hear from you. I've had many a civil conversation and a nice uh, connection with people when they realize that I'm not out to attack them. And if I preach something that in any way runs counter to the Bible, I want to know. And so if you think I preach heresy or if you think I'm not right with God for what I preach, let me know. You know why? Because if we determine from the Bible that you're right and I'm wrong, or should I say the Bible is right and I'm wrong, I'll change because I want to be as biblical as possible. So you can text me 309-316-7240. I want to know for sure that what I'm doing is right with God. I'm so glad that I do know for sure that I'm on my way to heaven. I hope you do as well. Will you find your place in Nehemiah chapter number 7? Nehemiah chapter 7. This week I mentioned in days past that I get to serve at the Midwest Christian Boys Football Camp here in Dwight, Illinois. It's been going on for 25 plus years and we've seen literally hundreds of young people come to a saving knowledge of Christ. We have missionaries and pastors and evangelists all over the world as a result of the work of this camp. And it's so great to see another generation being influenced for the cause of Christ, but there's something about a camp that has about 250 young people, young men at it, playing football with 16 different teams playing. There is a hundred, I'm sorry, there's 80 something pastors and missionaries evangelists that are coaches. And there's probably another hundred or so support staff that make this thing run. I mean, 350 folks, 400 folks eat a lot of food. That takes a lot of work. The sanitation engineers, the people that take out the trash, all these great servants of God. It is, it could be, I should say, a circus. But, except for, we have something called organization. And thankfully we do. And after 27, 28 years, the organization is pretty well perfect. Now there's always issues. There's always problems. Things break down and we've got to figure out how to work around them. And in my position as an assistant director of the camp, we're always trying to put out a fire. But if it wasn't for organization, a camp like this could never run. And I am so glad that you and I, we serve and organized God. That's a lesson we're going to learn from Nehemiah chapter 7. We're going to cover a lot of verses today. We're not going to read every single one of them for time's sake, but Nehemiah chapter number 7 and verse number 3 says this, And I said unto them, Let not the gates of Jerusalem be opened until the sun be hot, and while they stand by, let them shut the doors and bar them, and appoint watches of the inhabitants of Jerusalem, every one in his watch, and every one to be over against his house. Now, the city was large and great, but the people were few therein, and the houses were not builded. For context's sake, let's back up here for just a moment. Realize that the people of Jerusalem had been building the wall of Jerusalem to defend themselves to the exclusion of even building their own homes because they knew if they built their homes but didn't have a wall to protect themselves, then in short order, their homes would again be reduced to rubble when an attacking force came in. And so at the beginning of Nehemiah 7, the Bible tells us that the walls were finally completed. The doors were put up. They finally had a legitimate defense system. And now we're at a place where we need to do some more organization. We just read verses 3 and 4. Verse 5, And my God put into mine heart to gather together the nobles, 
and the rulers and the people, that they might be reckoned by genealogy. And I found a register of the genealogy of them which came up at the first and found written therein, These are the children of the province that went up out of the captivity of those that had been carried away, whom Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, had carried away and came again to Jerusalem and to Ju Judah, every one unto his city. So God lays on his heart, Nehemiah's heart, let's get organized with the people. Let's take a census. And he leads him to, God leads Nehemiah to find a register of the genealogies of the families. And so we begin in the next 50 verses or so for God's people to take account, a census. For instance, in verse number 8, the children of Parash, 2,172. The children of Shepatiah, 372. The children of Ara, 652. And on and on. Verse 22, the children of Hashem, 328. Verse number 36, the children of Jericho, 340 and 5. Verse 44, the singers, the children of Asaph, 140 and 8. And on and on and on it goes as they take this register of the genealogies and compare it to the actual number of the people. Why do they do this? Well, maybe it's because God wanted them to see how great of a work that could be done with a small amount of people. We'll make another application point here in just a moment. But one that I believe could be made very clearly is the fact that we serve an organized God. Question, though, and this is one that pierces even to the dividing asunder of my soul and spirit, is do we serve our organized God in an organized way? Now, I'll say this. One of the reasons that Bible Tracks Incorporated has survived for over eight decades is because we do at times have an overabundance of organization. I could tell you, I could pull up an Excel sheet right now and give you an almost exact number of how many gospel tracks we currently have in inventory. I could pull up and see exactly how many gospel tracks have been shipped around the world in the last month or two. I could tell you how many orders per day that comes to, how many sample packets we send out. I could tell you a full list of all of our donors and how God has blessed us in that way and how people have risen up and supported this ministry. And I could tell you by dollar figure, and it's amazing how God lets us do even more than the money says we should be able to do. All of these things organized, cut and dry, Excel sheets, accountants, all of these different types of things. And one of the reasons we operate in this way is because we are given an example in God's word. The seventh chapter of Nehemiah has 73 verses in it. That's a lot for a normal chapter in the Bible. And yet, almost every single one of them has to do with the organizational work that is being done. I mentioned moments ago that the camp that I'm at right now, Midwest Christian Boys Football Camp, it's been operating for over two decades now, and God has allowed us to do a great work. One of the greatest organizational pieces that I love to see, it often happens on the Sunday after football camp. My father-in-law, my pastor, and uh, normally we'll have a visiting preacher in that Sunday at our home church after football camp, mostly because everyone is dog-tired, and uh, the pastoral staff and everyone could use a little a bit of a break from the pulpit ministry. And so this visiting preacher, normally an evangelist, will preach, and then he and my father-in-law will sit down with all of the decision cards. 
and tally up a couple dozen salvations. A few folks called to preach. These ones called to missionary work. These ones called to give up this sin or, or this. And decisions after decisions after decisions made. And we have it all organized. And we can tell you for many years past what God has done for his glory. Why? Because football camp, man camp, it's not about the football. It's about the glory of God and young men making decisions that will affect not only their lifetime but eternity. Can the same be said of you? Do you live your life in such a way that you actually can bring glory and honor to God? Sometimes we are so disorganized and scatterbrained that we aren't able to serve God. We don't have enough organizational ability to serve God Almighty in such a way that we can be used in a great way. Can I ask you to work on that? I know it's an issue in my life. We all need to serve God better. And sometimes that means getting a day planner, setting some goals, using some organizational tools. Let's serve our organized God. Thanks for listening today. Have a great day for His glory. God bless. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Tract Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample packet of all of our tracks, you can contact us by calling 309-828-6888. That's 309-828-6888. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 188, Bloomington, Illinois, 61702. A faster way to contact us is to go to our website at BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org. There you will find more information about our ministry and details on how you can support Bible Tracks Incorporated. Thanks for listening, and may the Lord richly bless you as you serve Him.